Storytelling. Moments in time. The things we don't want to forget. Details that are etched in our souls are every day. Teaching. Artists who want to share their passion for telling the stories of their lives so you can better tell the stories of yours. Sharing. A space and place to share your work, be inspired, motivated, supported, and learn from one another. Community. A group for photographers run by photographers. We welcome you to this community. Welcome to Hello Storyteller Podcasts. I'm Megan Box, a natural light, lifestyle, outside the box, emotive photographer, and mom of two sweet girls, based out of Tulare, California. And I'm Melissa Ortendahl, a natural light, lifestyle, and documentary photographer based in central Massachusetts. Be the first to know about all of our upcoming educational opportunities, blogs, podcasts, mini lesson tutorials, and more. Make sure to check out our website at www.hellostoryteller.com and sign up for our mailing list to receive all the exciting new updates. Tara Heron is a lifestyle photographer living in Nashville, Tennessee. She is raising a four-year-old boy and an 18-month-old girl with her wonderful husband of almost six years. Photography is her creative outlet, and she loves to engage with people through Instagram and loves working with brands. She uses light and creative ways and adds touches of magic to her images. She's delighted by her children's imagination, so she loves to include some of their fantasy in her imagery. We welcome Tara Heron to Hello Storyteller Podcast. Hi, Tara. Hi. Hi. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're so excited to have you on today, especially because I think a lot of the people that Meg and I have been talking to, we've never actually met in person, but we got to meet you at Instant Inspire yes, last week. So that was so much fun. Yeah. I'm like already missing everyone, and we've only been home a week. I, know, I, <laughs> I feel know. the same way. It wasn't long <laughs> yeah. enough. Yes. <laughs> it needs to be at least like three or four days. Yeah, I no, I totally agree. I feel like everyone was just getting to be friends and then we had to part ways know. not knowing when we would see each other again i know i, know. I want to plan something just like to get everyone together even if it's not a, an official right i'm know. trying to get everyone to nashville just like oh, come yeah. hang, i would love to go to nashville Nashville's get some airbnb list yeah yes well y'all come see me okay we will (laughs) done watch out because we might just show up on your doorstep that's how meg and i roll (laughs) you you guys can stay in my white room the guest room that i always shoot in excellent yes (laughs) can we jump on the bed though yes the magical (gasps) room y'all can stay in there (laughs) that would be amazing well we're super excited to have you on with us today um for a variety of reasons um but just getting a chance to meet you last week and you know i think sometimes when you see somebody you know kind of their social media personality you wonder are they really like that in person um and you are like you're so sweet and so kind and so thoughtful and so honest and real that it was really refreshing to see like no, nope, she pretty you. much is how she seems on Instagram. <laughs> it's not like a whole big facade or anything, which was really awesome. Oh, that's to sweet. See. Well, thank you for saying that. I'm glad that you felt that way because it is. It's like a, a legitimate fear that you have whenever you meet people that you've engaged with online for so long. Mm-hmm. It's like, are they? actually gonna like me in real life (laughs) so I'm really happy to hear you say that yeah absolutely it's true and I feel the same way Meg and I have been friends for over a year and worked on a bunch of projects and had never met until last weekend so and we were so fun and we were rooming together and I was like I hope she likes me when we get there it's gonna be a long weekend (laughs) yes yes I like everybody that's true I don't know how I feel about that, but okay, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So Tara, one of the things that um, obviously is so striking about your images is that they are so full of just life and light and fun, light, you know, directly with the light that you use in your images, but also just a lightness, uh, a joy that kind of exudes from them. Um, And so I was wondering if you might be able to walk us through a little bit of kind of where that inspiration comes from I know you talked about how your kids obviously inspire you in that way and you're utilizing their imagination but I'm just wondering like has that always been your kind of perspective on when you were taking photos of clients or family um, or has that kind of evolved and changed so that has definitely evolved for me um, and it took me 
probably a year and a half um, to kind of figure out my style. Um, whenever I first started taking photos, I had just had Anderson. So I started studying um, while I was very pregnant with him, just watching YouTube videos and trying to learn all that I could um, and read my manual of the camera and figure out all of the technical stuff. So then once he was born, I finally had a model to practice on. Um, and I was just taking photos and I was kind of good at it. Like people would tell me, well, you know, you're a natural at this. And, um, I was actually terrible, but I feel <laughs> like that's, that's why you have friends and family to encourage you even when you're not great. Yep. <laughs> um, I felt like they believed in me before I believed in myself. So I continued with it and I took client pictures, but I mostly was taking images outside um, and that's kind of what I thought, like, I can only take images outside in golden hours. So I have this, you know, golden soft light, because um, that's what all of the photographers that I looked up to at the time, that's what they were doing. So that's mm -hmm. what I was trying to do. Um, fast forward, uh, 10 months after I had Anderson, I actually got pregnant again with a surprise baby. Um, and that was our little girl, Hallie. Mm -hmm. So... Um, that was a rough pregnancy and she was actually born early at 28 weeks and um, she only lived 11 days. So after we lost Hallie, I was like completely devastated in this dark hole um, and I thought I'm never picking up a camera again. Mm -hmm. It was like so painful for me to even think about taking photographs because all I could think was I don't have her to photograph and yep. she, we already had the boy and I like desperately wanted a girl to dress up in the big tutu dresses and yeah. mm -hmm. photograph outside. Like I had already envisioned all of this. Um, my whole life perception changed because I was going to have this girl to like play dress up with and photograph and she was going to have long hair. Um, and then she died. So it was, um, just earth shattering for me to even comprehend and I could not pick up a camera and yeah. it took me um, about six months until I decided it was the new year and I um, I thought like you you cannot you can't dwell on this like you still have Anderson he's getting older you're missing all these moments because you're sad um, so I decided, uh, to do a 365 project with Anderson mm. and we, in the meantime, in the six months, we had bought a house, um, knowing that we were going to have Hallie and then, uh, we had to move into this house without her. So like yeah. she had a bedroom and furniture and all of this. So it was kind of just like a chaotic time in our lives. But, sure. um, once we kind of got settled in, I, was going to try to appreciate like our new house in a different way and then just focus on what I had with Anderson. So I started taking pictures of him every day, even if I didn't get the shot till night, like I was doing shots of him in the dark, you know, yeah. and a bunch of them were terrible. But <laughs> um, I was like, you know, I'm going to take his picture. And that's kind of when the lifestyle part of my photos came into play. Um and so I kind of kept up with that, and then I got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess I got pregnant with London. Uh, it was, like, late February. And so then I didn't feel good, and I kind of – I couldn't take a photo every day, but I still wanted to stick with taking, you know, images of Anderson often. So I would yeah. at least try, like, five out of seven days a week was great for me. Um so then one day we were playing in what was going to be Hallie's room and I had bought her the chandelier and the way the light came in, it hit the chandelier and just shined these little rainbows up onto the wall. And it was like such a surreal out of body, out of body experience um, yeah. to watch him like playing in the rainbows and he noticed them and he was um, two, and I, I don't know, like I had this feeling 
where I thought like, this is it, you know, it was kind of my aha moment sure. because during all this time I was like struggling, trying to figure out how we would keep Hallie's spirit alive in our family right? Um, since she wasn't here. And so that's kind of when it hit me that the way to do that was to just um, have the theme of light into all the photographs because that's easy um, and it's beautiful. And, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like the light like shines down from heaven, which is where she is. Um, so it was just kind of like a, I don't know, that was my moment. And then I posted that image onto my Facebook, I mean, not my Facebook, my Instagram, um, and I got, like, a huge reaction, and at this point, I had no followers, I was maybe getting, you know, 150 likes, and I think I got over a 1,000 likes, um, mm. and I felt like, people get it, you know, like, yeah. this was honest, and people responded, and um, so that's kind of where it came from, it just... I just continued to get better, and then I was very, very aware of the light coming in through the windows, and throughout the year um, with that 365 project, I really studied the way that the light came in all the different rooms at all the different hours and how it, how the sun moved around my house. So, like, I know right now I can't do fog machine in the white room because of the way that the sun is. I won't right. really get that back until September. And it just kills me because I love that. <laughs> but yeah. in September, I'm going to go like crazy with it again. Um, but it's just, it was a really interesting lesson in light um, and just studying it and how it moves and creates different things um, as the years go on. Absolutely. And had you, had you shared any of kind of your story up to that point in that way, like through your photography before that picture with the rainbows? Um, no. And I don't know that I had announced that I was pregnant yet, even with London. Yeah. Um, and that, it, you know, I was still healing at that point and I am still healing now, Absolutely. but it's, it's helped um, with the healing process, like having the photography as my outlet mm -hmm. and like, I don't know, it brings me a lot of peace. So I feel like as time goes on and I heal, I'm able to speak about it, you know, easier than sure. I could at that time. It was still so fresh and I was pregnant again, but the pregnancy was very difficult emotionally, yeah. um, because it was another girl and I kept thinking, you know, am I going to wish that this baby was Hallie? Right. Um, so through that whole pregnancy, I don't know, it was just super emotional. And the photography really helped me um, express my feelings. And I felt like the more open I was with people, um, the more they felt connected to me. Mm -hmm. And um, I think online that you need that. For people to keep coming back, you need to be relatable um, and give a little bit of yourself, even though it's hard. Yeah, I think that authenticity is such an important piece. And I think specifically, I think in, in general, people are looking, you know, for the people that they're following on social media to be authentic versions of themselves and not of, you know, a made up version of, of who they are. Um, because you do find pieces of how you can connect to somebody, you know, in parts of the stories that they share. And I think specifically when it comes to the loss of a child, um, you know, it's not necessarily something that's talked super widely or publicly about, but the people that do share those experiences, like the one that you had with Hallie, um, there's so many more people that have shared that same experience who have maybe not an outlet or who haven't shared that with anybody else that are then able to connect and understand what you're going through, what they're going through. And there's a common thread there that kind of pulls everything together in a way that is really, I think, kind of true to the kind of human connection of, you know, we all experience similar things and what do we do 
as a result of those experiences and how do we pass that along? And you've done such a beautiful job of showing, you know, your journey through the grief process and, and moving forward and, and growing your family and, but still remembering and pulling Hallie into those images. And there's a lot of symbolism that you included in your images that I don't even think before Instant Inspire that I even really knew. Um, in addition to the light, there's other things that sometimes show up in your images that are, are representative of Hallie as well. Yes. And that, um, like, I'll put random little rainbows in places. Um, and, like, butterflies are huge for us. Um, yeah, there's just different little things that, like you said, people who don't know all the details, they may not know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of stuff is really there more for me. Right. And I think it's important um, to have things that are just for you. And and I'm always open to share, but at the same time, it's it's hard on Instagram and to find the balance between um, like the positivity that I feel from this terrible experience. And then also like the weight and the heaviness of talking about such a, a dark thing like death and grief. Um, that is very isolating because people don't want to talk about it because it makes us feel uncomfortable. So I guess that's been my main goal is to try to like bring that together and make this awful experience a positive one because the end result of it is it brought me so much joy for the life that I have now. Right. Um, and it's, it's weird. I'm sure that a lot of people don't, you can't understand if you haven't, you know, gone through it yourself. Gone. And not even like losing a child, but just any like dark place that you've been for a long period of time. I feel like if you can come out of it, you you view the world differently. Um, and so that's just been the real blessing for me. And even, I mean, days with my kids right now are not easy. A four-year-old and an 18-month-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, some days I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening to me? <laughs> But I can choose to laugh about it and still smile through it because I'm so thankful for them and their health and our family. So that's always in the back of my mind, even on my worst days, is just gratitude. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's an amazing perspective and outlook to have. And and I think a, a trait that not everybody necessarily has in their in their wheelhouse Um, but I think it does, you know, the way that you are so honest and authentic about both of those and, and finding that balance, because you do kind of talk about, you know, trying to find that balance a little bit when on Instagram too, um, is just, it's just nice and helpful, I think, to, to be able to see how you are walking through this stage and this journey of, of your life, um, so thank you for, for, for taking the risk of, of being honest and putting yourself out there. Cause that can't always feel necessarily super, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It must, it's, it's yet to be vulnerable to be able yeah, to do that. Absolutely. I think it's very therapeutic though, for others to know that they're not alone. You know, if they're experiencing a loss like that, or like you said, any type of dark place where you guys can all come together and you, you share this kind of special bond with each other and, you know, help each other through this hard ordeal that, you know, like you said, you'll probably never completely heal from. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be part of your life and your story, but you can all come together and feel like you have a friend or you have, um, you know, a confidant that you can share these personal and intimate things with. I think that's really great. Yes. Cause that I know that I felt so alone during those times right after the funeral because you feel like even though you know it's happened to other people like once the funeral ended everybody else their lives went back to normal like while they were still sad like 
my life was the one that was completely destroyed. Um, so that's why I do talk about it is to let people know that they aren't alone and that you can come out on the other side. It, so last week, I randomly had this um, mom from Australia sent me a message and she asked me to edit photos of her baby girl that had just died. And the baby lived seven days, like full term, healthy baby. They went home and the baby died. So I'm thinking that she knows that I've lost a baby. Right. She had no idea. So then, like, I start messaging her back, you know, and I'm talking to her, and I told her about Hallie, and she was like, are you, are you serious? Like, you're a photographer that I admire because you have such joyful images with your children, and you're telling me that you also lost a baby, and, like, we just couldn't believe it, and I was like, I thought that's why you reached out to me, and she was like, no, I just love your images and I thought like this is just crazy you know so here I'm gonna edit you know some images of her baby girl and send them back to her so she can get them um framed but it was just like I don't know I just think it's interesting how Instagram can bond somebody Mm. all the way from Australia to Nashville Tennessee and oh yeah um I don't know I thought that was kind of cool that is cool and so I think one of the questions I had for you too, and talking about specifically some of the images that you share, obviously you have this really great series, the Air Anders series. Yes. <laughs> and I would love to know how that started, how that kind of came came to be. Because I think you you just posted either yesterday or today that the first time you did one of those pictures was two years ago, I think. Um, and so I'm just curious, like how that kind of came, how that came to be. Yeah, so... Um... That was actually one of the very first images that I posted to my Instagram whenever I started in um, January of, yeah, 2016. So that's when I started the 365 Project um, with Anderson, and he was not even two. And um, it's an image of Anderson which he can't jump yet because he's not even two. <laughs> but, of course, I'm, like, jumping really high in the air, and then our dog's on the bed. Yeah. Um, and I think that was just a day that we – I was just like, hey, like, let's jump on the bed together, and I'm going to set up my tripod and see what I can get in focus. Um, and then people liked it. <laughs> so, I, But I didn't do another one until, I don't know, it was a long time until I revisited that um, idea. But Anderson was just kind of in them for a long time. And um, I would get in occasionally, but n- not nearly as often as I do now. So I think it's interesting to see... Um, artists and how they evolve with time and life stages Mm. Um, because now that I have two kids and London is older she is a mama's girl which is why this year in you know 2018 I'm in the photographs all the time (laughs) right because I could I thought well she's either never going to be in another photo or I'm going to have to get in with her Um, so that's how like the images of me getting in the frame with them jumping on the bed, um, kind of came to be, but Anderson loves the Air Anders series. So that's an easy one that I never have to be like, please come take a picture with me. Um, he's always down to jump on the bed. So (laughs) we actually did it this morning and he, we, I, we had to do a different picture first, and then he was like, but can we jump on the bed? Yeah. And so I was like, yes, if you take this one, then the reward can be, you know, mommy will jump on the bed with you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because what kid doesn't like to jump on the bed? Right? Yeah. <laughs> he has no idea that most kids do not get to jump that. on the bed. <laughs> He's like, I don't live in that world. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I let my boys jump off the couch 
I don't know, around their birthday in February because I wanted to get some pictures of them just like jumping in the air. And you would have thought I bought them a pony. They were like, (laughs) we can jump off the couch, mommy. I was like, yeah, just don't tell daddy. (laughs) Love it. It's so fun. Until he saw the pictures. Like, you let them jump? I'm like, yeah, just for a couple minutes. It was fine. (laughs) I know. My husband hates when the kids jump on the bed, but it's so much fun and it's, it's so harmless, you know? I don't find it a big deal. I remember when I was pregnant with Ella, um, my pre- both my pregnancies, I was just sick and nauseous the whole time. And uh, so we would play this game where I would go in the baby's room. Obviously, she wasn't born yet, but it was the guest room at the time. And I'd have Emma jump off the bed, and I'd throw her <laughs> a pillow, and she'd try to catch it in the air. And we would play that for like 30, oh. 40 minutes just because I was so sick. I yeah. couldn't do anything else. Yeah. But it was so much fun. You air, man, in these pictures, too. <laughs> <laughs> you get a You get a high. <laughs> I know. Oh, that gosh. one of you doing like the straddle jump. <laughs> that was like back to my that's cheerleader pre- days. I had awesome. to stretch out before that one. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to pull a muscle. Oh, and by the way, I love those books too. Both my girls have. Oh my gosh, uh, I love that book lost too. Their name. It's They're just precious. So, cute. so if you could maybe give, um, give us a couple of tips about taking pictures like that, because I think one of the things that people probably struggle with in trying to take a picture of their kids jumping in any capacity is getting them so tack sharp, which is one of the things that is kind of so striking about the Ari Andrews series mm-hmm. is that every it's like it's, you know, it's frozen in time, which, you know, there's no there's no blur there. There's no nothing. It's just, you know, just this sharp tack sharp frozen moment in time so if you could maybe if you wanted to talk a little bit about you know kind of how you manage to capture it in that way and give a couple of tips to our listeners that'd be awesome yeah um okay so I do all of those shots on a tripod so I'll set up my tripod um and then I will try to get if Anderson cooperates I'll try to get him to go stand exactly um, where I know that we're going to jump. Mm. So then I, I just use, um, the automatic focus and then I focus and I have my, um, I use a timer remote. It's like a time-lapse remote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I showed it on my stories yesterday. It might still be up there, but, um, so for those photos, I will set the interval to, um, every three seconds. Um, so I'll focus on Anderson and then I press start and I'll have the delay set for, I don't know, 10 seconds so I can get up there um, with him and then we will count, um, which is why I set it to three because it's easy to say one, two, three, and then we'll jump. Okay. Um, so it's, I, I don't know, it's actually, it's really easy to do. I think it's just making sure that you don't move out of that spot. Yeah. Um, and then I have a high shutter speed. I'll try to do at least like one over 1000 if I have enough light. Yeah. And so since it's on the tripod, it's really steady. You have a fast shutter speed. Um, and then my F stop, I, depending on the light, if I have enough light, I love, um, 4.0. Um, but I've done some, if it's only Anderson at 2.8, okay. um, but really, that's kind of it. And I'll sharpen in Lightroom, and then I'll also sharpen again in Photoshop. But I don't sharpen the entire image. I'll just sharpen, um, like, specific parts of clothing and um, eyes, mouth, um, the hair to make it stand out. Yeah. And then I'll also edit with different layers um, that make uh, us pop out of the frame more so than everything else, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that you said earlier, I think is just a good tip in general, and actually several of the people that we have talked to on this podcast series have talked about really taking the time to study the light in their homes, um, to really see where it's where it comes in, how it works, and really kind of studying that and, and experimenting with that to be able to find those spots in your house Um so that you're not limited to just shooting outdoors or outside um, because you shoot in a lot of different spaces in, in your home. Um, and so I'm, I'm super jealous of all the amazing light you get in your house. <laughs> um, but I think that, that, 
that aspect that of really taking time to kind of be in your home and say, okay, at this time of day, where is the light coming in at this time of day? Where is it not coming in? What time of year, as you mentioned, like you won't be able to do that fog machine white room shot back again until September because of just where the, the sun is near your house. And so I think that's just a really good, helpful tip for anybody who's maybe struggling in, in trying to change up where they're shooting and how they're shooting, um, is to really take the time to kind of study, study that in their own home to be able to get creative. Cause I think you can find ways to be creative in your own spaces, but just by sometimes changing your perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Because like I'll shoot it in one room in the morning and then I can move to London's room after 12 PM. Um, because the sun is now over there and, um, you know, I might shoot in the bathroom in the morning or I can wait until 4.30 and shoot in the bathroom and have the light coming in the other window. So, yeah, it's definitely just kind of observing, which I feel like that's kind of my style anyways for mm-hmm. photography. I observe light. I observe my children um, and then put both of those things together to make um, an image that tells a story. And where is this wall in your house that you do a lot of your kind of self-portraits, like the one you just posted um, of you in London? I've seen that same space a couple of times. There's some great light and shadows. Yeah, so this is actually um, my master bedroom, unfortunately, is one of the darkest rooms in the house. Um, I, I never get direct sunlight in the master bedroom. But I, that's, which is why I use it to do more kind of like low light portraits and my wall's gray. So I can kind of make it darker or lighter, um, depending on what I want to do. But we have the plantation shutters on all of our windows. Mm. So it kind of gives like, it'll give like the lines in the light, which I love. Yeah. Um, so I can either make the lines big or make them small or kind of make them go away, whatever I'm feeling. Um, but yeah, the the master bedroom, this is kind of my, like my moody. If I'm feeling more emotional, that's usually whenever I do a, um, self portrait of like a more intimate one, not a fun, happy one. Although that one was fun, but um, with the hair flip. Yeah, I do love that. <laughs> but not all of them were that fun. I was trying something different. It's super cute. <laughs> it's funny. We, we're, we've only been in our house for about a year, so we're still in the process of decorating it. And I was telling Meg a couple of weeks ago that I finally got stuff to put up in my dining room. Um, but there's a wall in our dining room that I always use when I'm doing my self-portraits and or, or sometimes portraits with my kids. And so I was really torn about what to put on the wall because I needed to be able to take it down. To move it, yes. <laughs> so right. we were going to, we had this, we found this like great, like old kind of rustic ladder because our house is kind of farmhousey. And my husband wanted to like, in, like screw it to the wall. It's like, you can't put it there. We have to move it. <laughs> so oh I have gosh. like, I have like an old, like glassless now, like window pane there that's just on two nails. So I can just pop it down if I need to hop in front of the wall. But so oh, I understand. photographer problems. Yes. I know. <laughs> it's got the best light in the house. So I can't, can't yeah, no, no permanent fixtures on that wall. <laughs> I'm so excited because we're moving soon. Um, and we're still looking for a new house, but I'm excited to find, you know, new possible spots in the new home and definitely checking out light and all those things because I'm so over the house I'm in now. Well, that's exciting. We totally bought this house. You know, my opinion was all based on the windows. Like as soon as we walked in, I was like, this is it. Like I have to have this house because there's so so many windows um, and they're all tall windows. So yeah, I'm still obsessed with it. And I'll be sad if we ever move again. <laughs> if we ever move, it's going to be because we build a house and I will like build the windows exactly how I want them <laughs> in direction of the sun. Who was it at Instant Inspire that said that they're buying a house and she almost didn't oh, buy Erica. it? Because, Erica, <laughs> because the windows. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Everyone in the audience was like, yep, I understand. <laughs> we totally <It's> missed. <laughs> 
So do you have any, um, I think things like these kind of like series, like the Air Ender series and other series that other photographers do kind of sometimes happen by happenstance. Um, but I'm just curious if you have anything in mind in particular that you're looking to maybe start in terms of a series with London, or are you kind of waiting to kind of see what might happen? I've been trying to like figure out a series to start myself and I haven't, haven't found it yet. So I'm still like looking to kind of be inspired to... I feel like, yeah, I feel like I need to learn a little bit more about London before I can um, make, like, her own series. Anderson's personality is so big, and um, he's so active that that, I mean, that happened organically, because he is literally jumping off everything we own all the time yeah. um which I'm sure is most boys but I was well, raised around familiar. girls so I had no idea that boys were just insane which they I are. love I mean he's amazing to photograph because he just has so much energy and it just pours into my camera lens mm-hmm. um but yeah, I feel like I need like I need London to get a little bit bigger. I'm hoping by the time she's two that I'll kind of know her a little bit better, um, and I'll be able to do her a series that doesn't include me. Because right now I did the um, like Lolo in Bloom for a while, but yeah. n- then she got too big where she would just like <laughs> eat the flowers and knock the vase over, and so I was like, okay, this is not working. Um, but I don't know. I'm sure it'll have something to do with a tutu um, or, like, some fancy dress just because I love that. And I'm hoping her hair gets long so I can. <laughs> I need a new series because, as you all have seen, my tree I'm s- so broke. upset about that. It's not even I my know. house. I'm still. <laughs> so sad. Whenever I, uh, you posted it, I was like, no. I, <laughs> I love that swing. I know. I was devastated. And so the the – Tree branches are still sitting in the backyard. And so every time Ella looks out the window, she's like, Mommy, tree broke. Mommy helped me. (laughs) She is. She had like, because they were on the swing, her and Emma were on the swing when it broke. And I mean, luckily they weren't swinging hard or anything. And I was right at the kitchen window. So I ran out there immediately. But um, she had like these tiny little scratches on her arm and her knee. And so like it was for two weeks, it was just a reminder that every time she saw it, she would tell us the story of how the tree swing broke. And even to this day, I mean, she was like traumatized Aww. by the event. And so she's just so sad that she just keeps telling the story. And it's, she's at the age where she's like really able to tell, you know, say sentences and kind of tell a story on her own. And it's kind of cute. We kind of egg her on sometimes. Just tell the story, Ella. Tell him what happened. I know. Mike, Ella, tell Papa what happened to the to the tree swing and she's like papa tree swing broke i fell mommy helped <laughs> like i helped her up <laughs> it's so cute so do you think you'll get another one i'm hoping i mean that's one of the requirements and looking for a new house is to at least have a yard that has a tree that we can that hang our can swing get. yeah yeah because my husband made the swing himself too so i'm kind of proud of it you know yeah. it's, it's sentimental to all of us and so i'm hoping that we will find a tree to hang our swing back up because the girls really miss <laughs> oh, it oh i bet any series I have right now is just going to be my kids, my boys on their bikes because <laughs> I can't get them off of their bikes or their scooters and they always have a helmet on their head. So right? if I have any series, it's going to be like the helmet <laughs> series because you just have to make sure you have a cool, cute helmet and it's all good. Yeah, I guess. Get, get the um, one with those spikes down The spikes in yes. it. I should. Yeah. yeah. Then they'll just use it as a weapon to spear <laughs> oh, each other boy. with because anytime Anderson needs to run off some steam, you can just bring him up to Massachusetts. I got three crazy boys, so he can oh, come. My, he would be in heaven. <laughs> he can come run around with my insane crew. My posse. Well, we have a couple of rapid fire questions for you. Okay. If you're ready. They're not difficult, I okay. promise. <laughs> Are you Canon or Nikon? Canon. Favorite lens? Uh, indoors, I would say the uh, 24 to 70 uh, 2.8. Outdoors, I love the, I have a 200 prime at 2.0. Ooh. Yeah. Um, dream location to shoot? Uh, well, I just really want to go to Iceland. 
I knew she was going to say that. (laughs) I feel like that's so cliche, though. Like, I don't want to say that because I feel like everyone wants to go there, especially after Rachel went there and had, like, the most amazing photos. But I don't know. That's what I'm going to say. Excellent. You need to check out wowair.com because they have, like, amazing pricing on flights to – Yes. You need to check it out. Okay, (laughs) wowair.com. I know my husband texted me a couple weeks ago and he's like – Okay, go to this airline and check out Iceland because we're going to go. It's like, you don't have to tell me twice. Seriously, you're so lucky. My husband thinks I'm nuts. (laughs) Um, Lightroom or Photoshop? Uh, Well, I use both, but I love Photoshop. Um, Are you, well, I think we might know the answer to this question already, but full-time or hobbyist? Uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, I suppose I'm like a full-time hobbyist. Can can I be that? Yes, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm like full time when I want to be, and a hobbyist. Yep. So occasionally, I'll take a month off and just shoot for me. Excellent, I like that full time hobbyist. That's good. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite preset or action, or do you hand edit? No, I hand edit everything. And I think again, we probably have the answer to this question too. Um, but are you a plan ahead? Like I'm going to plan this out, or are you a shoot from the hip type? Oh, of shoot person? from the hip. I wish I could plan. I cannot plan for the life of me. Oh, see, I would have thought you were such a planner. Really? No. Yeah, Girl, I'm like full-on free spirit if whatever yeah, happens. I can't plan either. <laughs> it hurts my brain. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't plan anything with my kids if I try. If they even smell that I am trying to plan yeah. a picture, they're like, peace out, mom. Yeah. We'll yeah. See ya. I feel maybe that's why I try not to plan so much. I'm kind of like... 30 minutes, like, okay, let's find some pretty dresses and let's go find a field and let's take some shots. Yeah, but if and I try see, to plan it ahead of time, it just backfires and then I get really frustrated. Yes. Well, and I guess if you're going on location, you have to plan a little bit more. Right. But usually if I see pretty light, I'll just be like, hey, guys, let's go in here and, you know, play something. And yeah. so they don't really know. It's all a matter of how you package the information. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or give them jelly beans. I just beans. bribe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Bribing with candy or ice cream always works. I can't wait till <laughs> London can be bribed. <laughs> well, my, oh, me too. My son, one of my twins, um, yesterday he was picking me dandelions, which was super cute. And so um, I he brought them inside and I was like, oh, let's go outside. He goes, why, mom, you want to take a picture? And I was like, I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> If I say yes, and I was like, yeah, I do. He was like, okay. And then he legit was posing for me. He was like, mommy, I'm going to stand over here. I'm gonna, uh, let me take off my backpack. No, uh, that's he's amazing. Like, here. And I was like, okay. Don't you love when that happens? My children never have happens. never done that for me. I think this is maybe one of two times. And Drew in particular, more so than my other two, would be more inclined to do that. Um, plus, I think he was pretty proud of himself because he had picked me some flowers. Oh, so. oh, that's so sweet. So I was like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, Emma was like, mommy, come c- go get your camera. I found some pretty light or, you know, something sweet like that. But she's so over photography these days. Yeah. It's yeah, the yeah, age. Every yeah. once in a while. Although I was so proud, I was we were driving home from someplace, and my oldest is going to be eight, and um, he was he was like, "Mommy, this the light outside." It was like about golden hour, and he he was like, "Mommy, the light outside is um, it's really, it's really pretty." I think if you're going to take pictures, you should do it in this in this light. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, well, why do you say that?" And he's I said, "Well, what makes it different?" He's like, "I don't know, just everything looks kind of goldish." And oh, I was like, I was so, so proud. Yes. I was like, well, this is called Golden Hour, and this is why we shoot in this time. And but he was just like, he's a pretty observant kid anyway. But he was just like looking around. He's like, yeah, I like the way that the the shadows are falling from the trees, and I think it would be kind of you know the lights kind of over here, and there's shadows over there. And I was like, oh my god, he's coming with me, like shoot, <laughs> yeah, it's like a giving proud you a mommy camera, moment. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, one of the last couple of questions that we have for you, Tara, is um. Obviously, you have a really large following on Instagram um, at this point, and we know that you are doing your thing and you are, you know, earning an income from your Instagram, which is awesome. And I think a lot of people are curious about how does that even begin to happen? Like, how, how do you even do that? And so I was wondering if you might be able to share just a couple of insights or kind of tips on on how that kind of came to be for you and how that process kind of works. Um, yeah. So I, I actually didn't start earning any income or trying to until, um, 
I'm trying to think about, I know I had over 10,000 followers um, just because I didn't even know that that was really a thing that people did. Yeah. And then brands would reach out to me just through a direct message. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had like put up there, you know, open for collaborations, DM me, like hoping <laughs> that somebody would maybe send me like something for free. Um, and so then people did and I did like some stuff for free. And then I realized, well, that takes too much time, you know, for like one outfit to do a post for free. Um, yeah. Especially when I started getting more and more people trying to send me stuff. Cause at mm-hmm. one point I like said yes to everything. Cause I was just excited that people noticed me. And yeah. then all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, I have all this free stuff. And then I was just stressed out about getting photos for people. Um, so then I realized that is not a good plan. Um, and so then I started, um, being a lot more particular about brands that I said yes to. And, um, then I would start just charging small amounts and then it was like still too much. I was still getting too many, um, people contacting me. So then naturally I just kept raising my prices. Now I don't love to post a ton of sponsored work. I have to like actually love the product and know that I can get a picture that fits into my gallery and our lifestyle right. before I'll say yes. And I feel like people um, appreciate that because then mm-hmm. you start kind of looking like a phony and the brands appreciate it too. Like if you say no or if you say um, come back to me when you have a bigger budget or something, like I always leave everything on a friendly, nice note, even if the brand is small and they can't afford um, to work with me. Um, But I love to sell images to brands that I don't post on Instagram. So like, say I do one post for Instagram. If I have multiple images that I like, I will email whoever the contact was and say, these were some other images that I thought you might like. I'm happy to sell you them, you know, if you want to use them for your website or whatever. So being proactive um, that way has um, really helped. And a lot of times if brands enjoy working with you, they'll come back over and over. So I've worked with the same um, companies, some of them for two years now. Mm. Um, and I'll do packaging um for some brands or just, um, shoot stuff for their websites that I don't have to pay, that I don't have to post on my Instagram. Um, yeah, which is amazing. But so the other thing that I would say, um, I actually don't take family clients anymore because I started working with, um, I guess it's like a third party agency out of China Mm-hmm. And they sent me an email, and I thought that it was a like a prank. I was like, yeah, right? "Is this for real?" Like, <laughs> as you might think, it is. Yeah, yeah. But so I'm saying this to say, be open to all um, emails and like even things that you think are crazy, because I absolutely love working with my contact in China, and I don't have to post any of that to my Instagram. So it's a it's another um, revenue stream for me that is I get to use my kids a lot of the time and my house and they just ship me the products um and then I shoot here because I guess in China they want lifestyle photography um and so it's really easy for me and they pay me well so that I'll do like two to three sponsored posts for the month and then I'll do um stuff with my guy from China and like for me that's awesome because the rest of the time I can just shoot for me and not be completely stressed out right because you don't want to be able to be so busy that you can't continue to do and shoot what you love and what moves you yes right because I cannot do um any work for clients if I'm not shooting for me 
um, like right before that. It's weird. Like I'll have to edit a photo for me before I can edit a photo for a client because I completely agree. I'm like, I'm just not inspired unless it's my own children for some reason. Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't have the same heart and passion for it, which is why this year I realized you got to stop taking family clients because it's unfair um, that I don't have that same drive and heart behind those sessions. Even though I love shooting them, um, when I sit down to edit, that like fire and passion is just not there for me. I think too is that, you know, when you're shooting clients, you have to appease your clients. So you have to still give them things in their gallery that they want to see, that they're paying you to see and to hang on their wall. Whereas when you're creating for you, you're creating for you. You can do whatever you want. You know, it doesn't matter who approves of it or who disapproves of it or where it goes, you know? So I think that has a lot to play. Yes. And if you've seen my gallery, you know that I don't love straightforward looking posed images, which is what most clients, they want that Christmas card. And it drives yep. me bonkers, so I me just too. can't. <laughs> I can't do it. Well, Tara, we want to thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk with us today. It was a real joy to have you here with us and be able to talk to you a little bit more today, one-on-one. Um, so if you wanted to let our listeners know where in the social media world they can find you. Okay, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. This was so much fun. Um, and I, my... Um, Instagram handle is Tara Heron underscore photography. So come check me out. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I hope the sun is shining where you are. It is. It's beautiful. I'm going to go play outside now. Excellent. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Thank y'all. Bye.